0: The Toby Gribben Show Highlights J.E. Bergloff is the imaginative author behind the Chronicles of Atlan, the Butcher of the Eternal Forest, a riveting tale of a kingdom on the brink of war, where a determined member of the King's Ire embarks on a perilous mission to unravel the mysteries shrouding the once lively Eternal Forest. And J.E. Bergloff is with us here. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm great, thank you. So what was it that inspired you to write this story?
1: You know, actually, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. I just I was just such a big fan of that. And then uh, a couple of years later, I stumbled into Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive, and I was just blown away. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, man, I'd like to write something like that. And, uh, I, you know, I just pulled the trigger, and here I am a year later and published and novel done.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the book. The kingdom of Atlan is facing an unprecedented threat So can you tell us a bit about the mysterious enemy And the challenges that the characters face?
1: Sure, so basically what we've got going on Is we've got probably the most powerful nation That has ever lived on said world And uh, they've never been challenged before And uh, out of nowhere they're just they're being challenged And it's taking everything that they have to hold off this enemy And they're just unsure where this had come from So... So in short, the king had sent all of his men and, you know, all of his power basically to the north and, you know, he's doing his best to hold this enemy off. But, you know, it's 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 not looking good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the king's ire as well plays a significant role in defending atland So what is the concept of the king's ire and how does it influence events in the story
1: so i mean you'll you'll find out right away in the beginning of the story a major cataclysm happened and it changed civilization and uh basically out of the ashes you know sprung a new kingdom and the king's ire came along with it and uh so in short what you have is that you have these tattooed warriors who have spent most of their lives training to receive the blessing um, of the ire so basically you have these tattooed warriors who are imbued with the power over the elements fire water wind all of these things um so but basically for them to get there you know they need to be mentally and physically fit and then they go to uh, a set of aisles where they face seven goddesses and to once they complete the aisles uh they earn blessings from the goddesses which in turn make their body strong enough to withstand you know this godly essence um so it's it's a really grueling process and uh you know at the end of it you have these demigods so to speak and uh you know but yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically the king's might and you know they they hold back everything yeah. so the every man can just go about his life you know and not worry and
0: having this big Kingdom in the story. Where did you look to to get inspiration on how to portray the kingdom and what it would be like?
1: So basically, I, you know, I took Plato's account of Atlantis. Um, you know, and you know, there's some historical documents and you know, conspiracy talk about uh, long ago. There was a big war between Lemuria and Atlantis. So I took that concept and I said, you know, that'd be fun to mess around with that. Um, so you know, you'll you'll never find out, you know, since I'm telling you. But yes, indeed, uh, this this is all. All based loosely off Atlantis and the war between Lemuria.
0: And in the book as well, the forest is a significant location in the story. So, how does it evolve throughout the narrative?
1: So, I mean, basically, you'll find out through the story that, yes, indeed, Atlan is a, a kingdom of many nations, so to speak. So, all the races work together, but they, you know, they're basically sovereign territories. So, you know, the Eternal Force itself could be, it's a whole nother world in itself. And, you know, they just, they all get along, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, they come together and they all fight for the king. Um, but yes, indeed, all these locations throughout Atlan are basically different countries within themselves. Yes. Um, and the Eternal Force, no exception. I mean, there's a lot of mystery going on there and uh, you know the the powers to, that are in control of the forest you know they're, they're going to play a critical role within the next few books that'll be coming out
0: Oh, and as well as kind of multiple locations and countries within the kingdom there are multiple perspectives that are told throughout the book so how do you think this technique of storytelling enhances the reader's experience? You
1: know I, you know, I wasn't really sure you know it was just when I started writing I mean it's just It kind of came out organically. You know, I just... I got done with a chapter and I said, you know what, I'm going to jump over to her, you know, and then I just, I got really into this next character. And by the time I was done, I realized I had all these different points of view, you know, so I just kind of arranged them in a certain way, you know, and then I, when I got done with it, after I read the book about a hundred times, I said, you know what, I, th- I think I'm going to stick with that, you know, but, but in short, you know, I, I see Brandon Sanderson does a lot of that with his characters, and I just, I'm a really big fan of the multiple points of view. And uh, so I gave it a shot.
0: And how is it sort of structured when it's the different points? Of you, is it people's perspectives? of stuff going on at the same time like you know in a maybe sort of pulp fiction way where it crosses over or is it separate stories from people's perspectives
1: yes to both um, so as you read the story you'll find out that yeah some of the perspectives as you're following them around they actually do meet up within the story um, and you know some of them are have yet to meet because they're so far away is where they're located right now within the kingdom uh, but yes that's in the intent I mean there are all everybody's stories they're going to cross paths you know they're all going to have something to do together Uh, But yes, I mean, they will all intermingle, I guess, is the way to say it.
0: Yes. The protagonist in the book, of course, embarks on this daunting mission and is joined by a legendary Phoenix Bearer. So what do you think makes their partnership so crucial?
1: So you'll find out that the uh, the Phoenix Bearer and the, our main character, uh, you know, they're very much the same kind of guy. Um, our main character took a lot of his instruction and kind of learned of a lot of who he is from this guy, you know, and then they separated for a few years. And this book picks back up where, you know, they finally seen each other after a few years but both play a very significant role on each other and uh you know as as the books progress you're going to see some really interesting things happen between their relationship and uh you know don't want to give too much away but it's going to be intense
0: (laughs) yeah what do you hope readers will remember the most about this book
1: you know what to be honest with you, it was it was the antagonist. So we have a we have a creature in there that's, you know, all intents and purposes, he is the butcher of the forest. Um, so we spend a lot of time following him around and what's going on inside his head. Um, and, and by the end, I'm I'm hoping by the end of the story that you actually feel kind of bad for oh. the monster. Um, you know, there's there's a whole plot behind it. And uh, so that that's kind of what I'm hoping for, you know, just kind of giving the, the bad guy his, his five moments of, yeah, that, that kind of hurts.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I like it when we do that, because sometimes there are too many bad people that are just bad because they're bad, and there's no depth there, but you've put in reasons and I guess it makes you question your initial thoughts towards the characters when you
1: first met them. Sure. I mean, you know, like I said, I tell everybody, you know, evil is just a point of view, you know, so what do you do when you're on the other side of the fence? Right. I mean, so, you know, I kind of, I kind of tried to take it there, you know, just kind of see everybody's points of view. I mean, even, even the villains. So, you know, just kind of know where everybody's coming from. I mean, uh, you know, whether it works or not, I don't know, but I mean, it's what I did. So.
0: Yeah. And without, giving away any spoilers of course can you give us a little glimpse into what we can expect from future installments in the chronicles of Atlan series
1: you know toby i'm so glad you asked so i mean this week and i have i've just about finished writing the next entry in the series and uh it's going to be just a little bit shorter than you know this monster of a book we have now um but so this next one i mean it's it's going to be an interchangeable book so you could either start the series off reading the current one that's out or you can pick this next one up as this one's actually going to take place with our antagonist the past five years before he arrived to where this book begins, So a prequel to this this current book that's coming out. So it'll, it'll really inform you a lot of the king's ire. So we spend a lot of time following them around and this is their, the trials they face on the isles when they face the seven divinities. Um, so that's what this book will take place, you know, when they're really becoming who they are today.
0: That sounds fascinating. And do you have any plans for books outside of this series at all?
1: You know, yes, I do actually. So, I mean, I, Like I said, I'm I'm looking to create a universe to where when I write a separate story, you may think it has nothing to do with this universe. Um, but it will. I'm going to tie them all together. Um, and this this whole series itself, it's going to span eons. So, you know, just a quick little peek. You know, we're going to go way back into the series and you're going to find out that it's going to be more of a sci-fi Western. Um, you know, and then we're going to f- fast forward through the series and then you're going to find out it's more like modern times that you and I live in. Um, so it's going to be a really vast series and it's going to take place over... Let's say a few different universes, and uh, that's that's my hope. So,
0: well, where are we able to find this book, The Chronicles of Atlan, the Bitcher of the Eternal Forest?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I've got everything on Amazon right now. I mean, I'm, I'm not very tech savvy, so I, I did really good to to beat my head and in getting into Amazon. But uh, but I hope to get onto more platforms soon. Um, but for now, I'm just on Amazon.
0: Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great having you here.
1: All right, same, Toby. I, I can't say. For having me on, I appreciate it so much. Oh, yeah.
0: Hey. Yeah. Hey, hey. The throbbing post of Sounds sound, of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.